From Wisconsin Public Radio and PRI, Public Radio International, it's to the best of our knowledge. I'm Jim Fleming. It's a story of hope, a story about love, and most of all, it's a story about ideas. Public Radio International and Wisconsin Public Radio proudly present, to the best of our knowledge, the movie Part 2, Revenge of the Ideas. Starring Jim Fleming. I don't think it's going to be what I expected it to be because the, the trailer last time misled me. Steve Paulson. Sometimes I feel when I'm watching a movie trailer that I'm watching the whole movie. I mean, I know everything is condensed into two minutes, but you get the, the beginning, you get the, the middle, mm-hmm. you, get, you, you practically see people dying. You feel you're seeing the whole thing. And Anne Strangehamps. You've taken the character of the monster and developed him considerably to the point that the monster is the narrator. I'm going to come and get you and kill you. Don't miss the movie that critics are calling the intellectual thrill ride of the year. To the best of our knowledge, the movie Part 2, Revenge of the Ideas. Because let's face it, baby, these days, you gotta have a sequel. Coming soon to a theater near you. Today we look at sequels and spin-offs. Seems the majority of movies now playing at the multiplex or sequels. Is this just a blatant attempt to take more of our money from films that had a good first run? Or can sequels be original, creative works of art? Also, we'll look at fan fiction as literature and meet the author of Frankenstein's Monster, a sequel to Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. But first, Jonathan Gray. Gray is Associate Professor of Media and Cultural Studies at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. He's also the author of Show Sold Separately, Promos, Spoilers, and Other Media Paratexts. Jonathan Gray explains what a media paratext is. Paratexts are all those things that surround film and TV or anything else, for that matter, a book, a video game, that aren't considered part of the thing itself, but that play a huge role in, in giving us a sense of what what that thing means. So, I mean, just to give you a few examples is the best way to illustrate it. Things like trailers, the posters for a movie, if you hear podcasts or if there are DVD bonus materials, if there's a spin-off toy, if there's a spin-off video game, all those things, as I said, that sort of surround that you would sort of exclude and say, well, that's not the thing itself. But what I was interested in uh, with the book is, is uh, you know, how those things actually play a key role in, in determining what the thing itself is. So how does this differ from, from height from promos, or does that just sort of encompass all of the the hype and the promotion yeah, and the marketing? Yeah, I mean, the hype is very much part of it. Why I, I used the word paratext was because what I wanted to do is sort of focus on, on what they do in terms of meaning rather than what they do in terms of profit. So when we talk about hype, we're usually referring to, you know, the sort of money-generating aspect of it. And of course, that's why a lot of them exist. But I was also interested in, you know, for instance, when you see a poster for a movie several months before it comes out, how does that start the process of interpreting the movie? How does it start the process of, of getting us thinking about what is that movie? What are the characters? What kind of world is this set in? So how do we start to imagine the world and the narrative before we've even got there? Uh, in fact, in the, in the introduction to the book, you even said, and I'll quote to you, I think this is right, while many consumers deride the presence of hype and licensed merchandise as a nuisance, we also rely upon it, at least in part, to help us get through an evening's viewing or a trip to the multiplex. And I was thinking about that...